0: You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Just remember the words of that song. Because if you sang that song with us, this message pertains to you. If you did not sing that song with us because you just didn't want to sing or you didn't know the the song, well, it still applies to you. But this morning, I feel like I have a mandate from the Lord for this sermon. Today will be a departure from how I normally teach and normally preach. So if you came here to be entertained this morning, you are in the wrong place. I am not here to give you a comfortable or enjoyable Sunday second service with a sweet little sermon and then we all go home. This message is not comfortable, but I believe with all my heart it is necessary. Today, we get our marching orders from the Lord. And I would very much enjoy starting this out with a story from history about marching orders, especially with it being Veterans Day, or dive off into the etymology of where the phrase came from. But today, God wants me to stick with the facts and the orders. So that's what I'm going to do. So, the facts. Sin exists in our world today. That is a fact. Our families and our communities have been wrecked by sin and hurting people that hurt people as a result of sin, either in their lives or in somebody else's life that hurt them to begin with. The enemy is bold and brazen in shoving filth and hatred and perversion and alternate lifestyles into as many places as he can and into our faces and into our families with reckless abandon. That is a fact. However, Romans chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Moreover, the law entered but that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. No matter what the enemy may do, no matter how much filth the enemy may spew into our world, God has more grace, he has more mercy, he has more power, and he has more love than anything that the enemy could ever throw at us. God's arsenal completely eclipses and obliterates every trick and every device of the enemy. And we have ready access to that arsenal. But do we use it? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, meaning it is readily available. It is everywhere. Think about that. If there were a plant as common as grass, And it had the medicinal properties that it could cure cancer, heart disease, diabetes, even reverse genetic defects and disabilities and mutations. And it covered yards and hillsides, but no one picked it to make it into a medicine. What good would it do? None. The fact that God's grace abounds so much, does no good at all for those that need it if they don't know that it's there. Or they have been tricked by the enemy into thinking that it's not for them or it's no longer for them because of mistakes that they have made. We have been given that grace. We have the cure in our hands, but how often are we giving it out? We so often look around and comment about how things are not like they used to be, and that's very true. But are we simply existing in that reality, or are we pushing back against it? If I go through the day completely comfortable in my spirit and see things that the enemy is doing in everybody else, but I just drive on my merry way, and I am not disturbed or upset. Shame on me. If I am merely disturbed or aggravated at the enemy's intrusion, but I do nothing about it, shame on me. Think about this. If you had a pet that was lying on the front porch asleep, and there was a rattlesnake coiling up behind it to strike, would you merely be annoyed that the rattlesnake was on your porch? Or would you do something? If you had a small child in your home and they're running through the house and you see ticks covering their leg, would you be comfortable merely letting them run off and play hoping eventually they would fall off? Or would you do something about it? No, in in each one of those, they would prompt you to action. So the spiritual condition of the world around us should prompt us to be even more serious in responding to what we see in the world around us. But Brother Keith, you may say, I I see someone in sin, but I can't just go pull them away from that lifestyle. They make their own choices, and you're absolutely right. We live in this world, but we do not fight with the weapons of this world. Second Corinthians 10:3 through5 says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we exist in this world, we do not war or fight after the flesh." For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not bombs and guns and swords and spears, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." We may not can physically pull them out of their situation, but we can pray. And we can pray right then, and we can pray right there we can rebuke the hand of the enemy off of their lives in the name of Jesus and pray that God makes a way for them to be saved. If the situation permits, we can introduce ourselves and ask them if there's anything that we can pray for with them and call the name of Jesus right there in their presence. The Word of God gives us authority to do so in the name of Jesus. And God is calling all of us to action today. The enemy has done a very good job of lulling us to sleep with church ministry. We look at the positions and the tasks within our church on our campus as what God has called us to do. And understand that while God does indeed place callings on people to be preachers and teachers and tech workers and hospitality staff and nursery workers and so on and so on, those tasks are suited for the edifying of the body or making the church itself stronger. Our primary task, what every single one of us is tasked with above all else, is reaching the lost. That is our task. Purpose is reaching the lost. Jesus didn't come here to preach sermons, to sing songs, to run media, to secure the entryways, to greet people, or to take care of babies. All of those things are needful and we should do them, but they are in addition to our primary purpose because our primary purpose is His primary purpose. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek And to save that which was lost that's why he came for those that were lost and those that were lost that applied to us that was me and that was you and we call ourselves Christians Christ like little Christs we should have the same purpose and the same intensity that he had in reaching the people around us. We should not be waiting for God to lay a church ministry on our heart. We should be reaching the lost first and then he can add to us as we are doing the things he already called us to do. We should not think that because we're anointed for a position in helping the body, be it teaching or sound or music, that we're doing all God has for us to do because what God has for us to do is reaching the lost. Reaching the lost is a co-equal responsibility for every single one of us in this room. Every single one of us have people in our lives that we may be the only ones that they will listen to about the name of Christ. We are supposed to reach them, not just watch them. I can't share truth with someone if I don't know it so I read my Bible to hide the truth in my heart. And I can't get past my revulsion at their sin if my flesh is in the way so I fast to put my flesh under subjection. I can't know what to say and when to say it and who to say it to without direction from God so I pray that I may hear the voice of God and receive direction from Him. The enemy today isn't so much tempting us with overt sin as he is with complacency and comfort and laziness. And if that offends you, good. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to twist them. Because there is a world that is dying and going to hell all around us. There are people in all of our lives that we can think of that we should have shared the gospel with them, but now they're no longer anywhere around. Maybe they are no longer on the face of this earth. And we have the responsibility to share the message of God with the world around us, but too often we keep it for ourselves. The Savior that paid the price for me paid the price for them too and if I look at somebody who my heart says they need Jesus and I am not moved at the very least to the action of prayer then I take his sacrifice and I toss it aside because he died for them and if I just look at him and say they need Jesus and that's as far as it goes I've taken his blood. And I've pushed it to the side and said, it's only for me, it's not for them. If I, if I go to men's prayer or ladies' prayer, we have those on Sunday morning and Monday morning and Tuesday morning. That is a great thing, and I think we should all do that. But even more than that, I wish that we all would take up the mantle of intercessory prayer every day for the lost and the dying in our families, on our jobs, the people that we interact with at the gas station, at the restaurants, the cashiers at Super One or Walmart, whenever you do actually have a cashier and you're not not gonna be able to minister to that kiosk, but if you have somebody there, you can still say, hey, My name's Keith Maxwell. Is there anything I can pray for you for? And they may say no. But what if they say yes? What if God wanted you to speak to them? What if God wanted me to speak to them? They have a soul and I should be concerned about it. I should be praying and interceding for the lost around me every day and binding the enemy in the name of Jesus. I have the authority to do that and plead the blood of Jesus over people that I walk into the office with, even as I drive down the road, instead of yelling at the person that just, how about you plead the blood of Jesus over them? Because what if they didn't see you? Because their family just fell apart they just had a fight with their spouse and their spouse just walked out and they don't know what to do and where to go but you can plead the blood of Jesus over them and even without you knowing what's going on God can move in their situation because the name of Jesus is more powerful than the things that we can see I must open my mouth and let people hear Jesus. I must open my mouth and speak the name of Jesus. And in order to do that, I have to be equipped. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 12 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, but in the Lord, and in the power of His might, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, and against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I am not responsible for merely being a member of a church, repenting, being baptized, baptized, and receiving the Holy Ghost. I am to wrestle and fight for the souls that are around me. And God is calling all of us to the battlefield. And the fields are ripe unto harvest. But it's going to be a fight to bring it in because the enemy will not go quietly. We had a Sunday school teacher's banquet. Brother Kevin Gill read us a, a very, very deep story. And as part of that, he read a quote from Frederick B. Meyer that really touched me. It was a, a quote that Billy Graham gave because it was during F.B. Meyer's evangelistic campaign that eventually led to Billy Graham receiving God and turning from the path that he was on at age 16 to God. But this is what Frederick B. Meyer said. If you're not willing to give up everything for Christ, are you willing to be made willing? Because sometimes we're not right now willing to give up everything for the cause of Christ. We like our creature comforts. We go home and we're gonna eat lunch. And then what you do after that depends on your personal preferences. Maybe you're gonna go outside and work in the yard. Maybe you're gonna sit down on the couch and watch Netflix or Amazon Prime. Maybe you're gonna pick up a book or you're gonna scroll through social media. Whatever it is that is your thing to do is going to be different from mine but all of us have a responsibility to reach the lost what if i were to put down my entertainment or my hobbies and i were to intercede on a day-to-day basis how many people would be here because of the prayers of somebody, because it was more important to plead the blood of Jesus over a soul than it was to change a channel. We are given the responsibility to be changed. So if you're not yet willing to give up everything, whatever that means for you, because that's between you and God. I can't tell you what that means for you because that's your personal relationship. This is a blueprint, but our relationship with God uses this as a foundation and builds on top of this. So everything in this word I am responsible for But whenever the Bible says each man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling, it means taking this into account and going to God and saying, and what else? What do I need to do? What's what's there for me to do? And I've got to get flesh out of the way so that God can stand in the gap for somebody. Ethan, if you would put that last graphic up there and leave it up there I don't have sand this morning but as a metaphorical example I am drawing a line in the carpet and I I am pretty much done with my sermon. But there is a line there. And God is calling us to step over that line and say, I am willing. I may not be ready to give up everything right now, but God, whatever it takes, make me willing. Because there are souls that I've got to reach. There are people that are dying and going to hell that today may be their last day on earth. And I may have access to speak the name of Jesus into their lives. But if I don't, what's going to happen to their souls? So I am asking you this morning, if you are willing to be made willing without anybody else standing up because I am not here to make you comfortable today. But if you're willing to be made willing and you're willing to let God work on you to put you in a position where he can use you for this kind of ministry to reach the lost, then I ask you to stand and to make your way down to this altar, and to bend your knee before God and say, I am ready. The lost have to be saved, and I can pray, and I can weep between the porch and the altar for the souls that are lost and going to hell. Let God make you willing.